This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Hello, my name is David Pauly. I am presbyter in the Dunedin Methodist Parish. We have churches on Galloway Street, Mornington, Chambers Street, Northeast Valley, and on Gordon Road in Mosgiel. We also have a close relationship with the Tongan Methodists on Queen's Drive, St Kilda. I had something all prepared for you, and for them indeed, earlier in the week. But sometimes circumstances overtake us and we need to start again. Yet, amid all the week has brought, welcome to worship. In a week when we are troubled by much, the earthquake in Haiti, the fall of Kabul, the return of the Taliban to power, and of course, by an outbreak of the Delta variant in this country, I want to begin with a poem by Mary Oliver, reminding us to seize joy whenever we can. Don't hesitate if you suddenly and unexpectedly feel joy. Don't hesitate. Give into it. There are plenty of lives and whole towns destroyed or about to be. We are not wise and not very often kind. And much can never be redeemed. Still, Life has some possibility left. Perhaps this is its way of fighting back. But sometimes something happens better than all the riches or power in the world. It could be anything. But very likely you notice it's in the instant when love begins. Anyway, that's often the case. Anyway, whatever it is, don't be afraid of its plenty. Joy is not made to be a crumb. Here are a few verses from Psalm 98, an invitation to joy. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Break forth into joyous song and sing praises. Sing praises to the Lord with the lyre, with the lyre, and the sound of melody, with trumpets and the sound of the horn, make a joyful noise before the King, the Lord. Let the sea roar and all that fills it, the world and those who live in it. Let the floods clap their hands, let the hills sing together for joy. In the presence of the Lord, for he is coming to judge the earth, he will judge the world with righteousness and the peoples with equity. Our first hymn this morning is from Alleluia Atzeroa, as are all our hymns. This one is number 26, Come to Our Land.
us pray. We are people who have received gift upon gift, an abundance in full measure. Some share in divine generosity, the very giving of God. In giving and receiving, in our sharing and endeavor, in our listening to and enacting the way of Jesus, we find there is enough. Enough life and dignity, hope and meaning, mercy and newness. So we praise the living one, the generous spirit, the outpouring God, who wills that there is enough. And we challenge ourselves to live with that generosity, to not be afraid that there is not enough, but to trust there can be, offering what we have, trusting others will give too. While we struggle and find this difficult, we resolve to be courageous and to act differently, to be people of open hearts and hands. This is our resolve. This is our prayer. And I invite you to say with me in a version or language indeed if you're choosing the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours now and forever. Amen. God who dwells in the spaces between people, who made sacred bonds of love and friendship, who blesses our endeavours for the good with your presence. May the whole earth be your sanctuary, made sacred by your presence. Amen. Before we went into lockdown, I was finding this week sorrowful enough with the um, uh, devastating earthquake in Haiti yet again and with events in Afghanistan. And I reflected that lament, the naming of pain, is an ancient tradition of prayer. And sometimes we need to name our pain. And this is about naming pain here. As well as our concern and anxiety about the outbreak of the Delta variant, we cannot but be saddened and moved by events in Haiti and Afghanistan, two of the poorest and most troubled places on earth. In Haiti, a land ruined by poverty, natural disaster and violence, people yet again face these things. In Afghanistan, a regime we think of as brutal, repressive, suppressive, particularly of women, is yet again in power. We are pained at these things. We ask why, how things might change. 
What can people do elsewhere in reaction to these things? How can we help? Who needs help most? We place these things in the hands of God. Lord, who brings life from the shadow of death, who births newness in a world grown old, we bring to you our laments and pain, trusting and hoping in what might yet be. Amen. Our second hymn is AA number 59. He came singing love. First Book of Kings, chapter 8, verses 12 to 23. Then Solomon said, The Lord has said that he would dwell in thick darkness. I have built you an exalted house, a place for you to dwell in forever. Then the king turned around and blessed the assembly of Israel while all the assembly stood. He said, Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, who with his hand has fulfilled what he promised with his mouth to my father, David, saying, Since the day that I brought my people Israel out of Egypt, I have not chosen a city from any of the tribes of Israel in which to build a house, that my name might be there, that I chose David to be over my people. My father David had it in mind to build a house for the name of the Lord, the God of Israel. But the Lord said to my father, You did well to consider building a house for my name. Nevertheless, you shall not build it. But your son, who shall be born to you, shall build the house for my name. Now the Lord has held the promise that he made. For I have risen in the place of my father. I sit on the throne of Israel. As the Lord promised, and have built the house for the name of the Lord our God. There I have provided a place for the ark, 
in which is the covenant of the Lord that he made with our ancestors when he brought them out of the land of Egypt. And from the Gospel of John, chapter 6, verses 56 to 69. Those who eat my flesh and drink my blood abide in me and I in them. Just as the living Father sent me and I live because of the Father, so whoever eats me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Not like that which your ancestors ate and they died. But the one who eats this bread will live forever. He said these things while he was teaching in the synagogue at Capernaum. When many of his disciples heard it, they said, This teaching is difficult. Who can accept it? But Jesus, being aware that his disciples were complaining about it, said to them, Does this offend you? Then what if you were to see the Son of Man ascending to where he was before? It is the Spirit that gives life. The flesh is useless. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life. But among you there are some who do not believe. But Jesus knew from the first who were the ones who did not believe. And who was the one that would betray him. And he said, for this reason, I told you that no one can come to me unless it is granted by the Father. Because of this, many of his disciples turned around and no longer went about with him. So Jesus asked the twelve, do you too wish to go away? Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom can we go? You are the words of eternal life. We've come to believe and know that you are the Holy One of God. There is a valley in central Afghanistan where in the 6th century two immense statues of the Buddha were carved. Buddhism at that time being a major religion in Central Asia. These statues, the Bamiyan Buddhas, gazed peacefully out over their valley for centuries as generation upon generation lived and died, as invaders came and went, as a new faith took root all around them. Their peaceful vigil came to an end in March 2001 when the Taliban ordered their destruction in a terrible act of cultural vandalism. There had been plans to carve new figures, but in the light of recent events, these will probably come to nothing. Tellingly, though, the shape they left behind will tell generation after generation they were there. Absence is telling. In part of Berlin, near the Holocaust Memorial, there is a brick paved square, but certain bricks are slightly raised. And on each of these raised bricks, there is a plaque with a name. 
the name of a Jewish Berliner who should have lived and loved, and in the fullness of time died in that city, and had it all taken from them. They are known by their absence. This week we sing freedoms and possibilities taken from the people of Afghanistan, especially for women, the children dependent on them, of minority religious communities. The people of Haiti have had homes and livelihoods destroyed only a few short years after another earthquake and a few weeks after their president was assassinated, and now they face the Caribbean storm season. The events that have overtaken two of the poorest and most wretched places on Earth put our Delta outbreak in some sort of context. But still rightly, we are anxious, wary, uncertain. Our first reading tells us Solomon's rejoicing when the temple was built. Here was a shrine to last forever. A dwelling for the very presence of God. Yet it was to be a building that would be torn down, then rebuilt, and torn down again. All that remains is the so-called Western Wall, a ruin yet holy to the Jewish people. Solomon couldn't know any of that. What consolation can we take from it? First of all, that whatever the tides of history, the people who built it have persisted. So has their faith. For Christians, though, I think there is something more. For some weeks now, the lection has served as bread, week by week, in the gospel continues to do so today. Today, Jesus is the bread we must eat, the cup we must drink to live fully. For many Christians, this is about Holy Communion, to which I would say yes, but there is more. We're called to be the body of Christ by doing his work. We're called to embody him in our actions and choices to make him present in a way which no earthquake, no terror can bring down. We're called to proclaim a truth that will last, whatever else may rise and fall. Amen.
Let us pray. We pray thankful for the power of Scripture to surprise us yet, even though it might be familiar to us. We pray for people facing uncertainty over COVID all over the world and now here again. We pray for those waiting for test results, those isolating, those dealing with care right now. We pray for the people of Haiti facing more hardship, more pain. We pray for spirit and energy to rebuild their lives for courage in government there, for dignity for her people. And we pray for Afghanistan. We pray to perhaps despairing, fearing what might happen there next, fearing for her people. Yet we pray. We pray for engagement with the people of Afghanistan, whoever is in charge, for hospitality towards refugees, for the well-being of women, of children, of religious minorities. And nearer to home, we remember those we love and share our lives with, those who've asked for our prayers. And we make these and all our prayers in the name of Jesus, Son of God, brother to everyone who lives. Amen. And a blessing by Tom Schumann. Let us go now to share God's strength by embracing the weakness of others. Let us go now to be as alert as Jesus by noticing the brokenness all around us. Let us go now to share the life of the Spirit by receiving the bread of life from the poor. The blessing of God be with you always, the Creator, the Redeemer, and the Renewer of the world. And I invite you to say the grace with me.
grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all. Amen. Thank you. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.